Podcast. This is John. This is Blix. This is Trav. This is Rich. Welcome to the Tri-Tac Games Podcast. Your podcast of finding cute little aliens and killing them with bad patent medicine. Doctor, it hurts when I do this. Then don't do that! (laughs) This week we are talking about xenomedicine. Or, what kind of strange things can we find out on the fringe pass on all those alternate worlds, whether they be low tech, high tech, alternate physics, and even the super tech, how does medicine appear and get used out on the fringe pass? Which brings me to the, the next thing, which was what about the possibility of, of being able to analyze easily analyze uh, a disease uh, especially like a virus, you know, uh, where you can then go and say, okay, I'm going to make a drug or um, uh, a uh, antibody that is exactly necessary, you know, will we'll grab that thing and, 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 and lock it up. I mean, are we at the point where, or at least soon are going to be able to do that, where we can literally print out molecules uh, in whatever form we want them to be to exactly match the, the uh, biological specifications we need to create perfect drugs that have no others, have no side effects because they're designed only to destroy one thing? Is that possible? I'd say 50 to 75 years. Yeah, and antibodies are kind of personal. You know, yes, we can transfer antibodies between people, but uh, they, you know, I'm not sure how if you do for every every kind of antibody we reproduce. Well, I'm not talking. I'm talking about you making an artificial antibody, essentially, to take out a, a disease, so your body doesn't have to wait until you can actually start producing that antibody. You can literally print them out and just and just inject them into somebody who's infected with a virus, and it grabs that virus and takes it out. Then why not? When you get to that point, just build nanos. Uh, because that's a that's a much more difficult technology. It's much more magic, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's further on the line there. That's that's not near future, Richard. <laughs> well, but it could be near but it could be near Tremelin. Yeah. Well, I can imagine Tremelin looking at it and saying, Oh, you need a new organ? Let him bite you. And then the creature bites you, takes a blood sample, then a week later comes along and this is looks like a tumor inside. You cut it open, there's the new organ. And it's your blood type, and it's your genes, and everything. It's a it's it's your organ. 
you know, and the critter grew it for you. Oh, thank you, critter. <laughs> now well, implant. Now, one of the things that I read about not too long ago it was the idea of, of putting um, other species material into fetuses to cause the fetus to not treat that material as if it's foreign. So, for example, you take some pig tissue. I don't know where exact what particular part of the pig we're talking about, and you were to like inject that into the uh, developing fetus, and that fetus takes those cells and says, "Oh, that's part of me, so that's okay." Then later on, when the person grows up and they need a heart, well, they could take a pig heart and put it right into that person, or a pig liver, or a pig kidney. Actually, they've been working on that for years, Bruce, and they actually have have pigs with human very close to human. Uh, properties. So you're you're saying they're altering the pigs to be human, not the other way around. Okay. Well, I mean, but if you're out there on fringe paths, you know, how doable would that be as far as going to a population and saying we're just going to go and give this little injection to all your babies, and then you know, in ten years when your babies get older, then if they have a problem where they need a new something, we're, we could just go and harvest this this farm animal you have and plug it right in. How doable is that? If I'm the natives on Alternate Plus 57 and you tell me that, I'm shooting your butt. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you don't tell them what you're putting in them. <laughs> uh, is that fair to the species in case something goes really wrong? Hey, doctor, hey. doctor the peasants are revolting. I know that. But what are you they doing now? You don't have to go to any other world to do that. You can. There's spots in California where you'll run into that. Just look for anywhere where they have a measles outbreak, a mumps outbreak, a rubella, <laughs> or anywhere where you know they'll shoot you for uh, eating, or, 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 or they would shoot Monsanto agents, uh, and you'll find exactly what you're looking for. The the other way is growing uh, organs that are genetically neutral. That's something you may going to consider. The, these or making artificial organs. Well, one thing we're sure annoying, they got to be able to transport over well, by artificial. The thing is, no, we've yet to make a mechanical heart that lasts as long as a real heart. That's yep, but the technology is getting better and better. Okay, well, all right, so let's move on to the farther future where we can start talking about these kinds of things, okay? So the first thing would be robotic replacement, as in artificial materials, you know, hearts, lungs, you know, where you can, uh, any, any part of your body that, that serves a specific function, uh, it can be replaced by a robotic analog, Okay, so as you as a doctor, you'd be able to just simply, uh, you know, decant, uh, you know, a new uh, heart or uh, a new uh, uh, a new liver. Liver is the one that's really hard because it does so much. That that would be something that I think you would find commonly used upon the uh, client worlds that were uh, in the Tamellan uh, uh, Commonwealth where they, they didn't have enough technology to support the really, really super stuff, but they were able to start doing stuff like this. Okay, I don't see the Tremelorn not sharing the medical technology. If you want a Tremelorn hospital, it's probably you walk into, into a building, you step on a plate, it spins you into the air a couple times and sets you down, and everything is repaired. 
and that's it. That, or you walk up and the, the wall opens up and say, don't worry, you'll be able to breathe, and you, know, you, you basically go back into the womb for a little bit and come back out the other side. Of an unfortunate, unfortunate looking orifice, but... Uh... Okay, that sounds great, Richard, but then there was this thing called the Mellor War, and all that, and a lot of that technology is not supported anymore. So what do they fall back to? Yeah, cybernetic limbs. <laughs> well, we, we, we might have to explore that at a further date, especially after Portals 4 comes out. Well, why don't we talk about it now, because that's what our, what our topic is. Well, Terrellian technology is basically is just about forever. It doesn't break down. Really? The old Terrellian, the T-Prime technology. Well, but the only way you can do that is if it's self-repairing. And that's exactly the technology self-repairs. You know, not all these worlds that are out there were part of the Commonwealth. Some of them were advanced. Some of them have been advancing over the last thousand years. The the and of course Earth Prime. You know, I mean, uh, Schmert and 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 the engineers. None of those guys are showing up on Earth Prime saying, "Oh, here, let me set up a, a, a rejuvenation clinic for everybody all over your world." They haven't done that. So. They don't, you know, unless it was already in place, uh, I don't think they're doing that anymore. Uh, at least not unless something happens in Portals 4. Anyways, uh, so we've got robotic replacement where you can, it's literally um, an analog or whatever. Uh, and it could even be as, as uh, it doesn't have to be as sophisticated as like a heart. You know, it could actually be some kind of a suit that you wear that provides uh, other types of support where it, it will, you know, you, you could have an external heart, in other words, that's plugged into your body and it does your, you know, your, makes your, your blood work for you. I, I know there was a, um, a heart pump that they used on a guy that uh, they needed to do a heart tran- uh, well, not a heart, uh, uh, they had to repair his heart, and he was basically, they had to turn it off, his heart off for like 20 hours. And they put this thing in him, and it was very small, and it just ran, just constantly just pushed the blood through, and they did a bypass, and it, you know, it was a small pump, and it ran for 20 hours, and at the end of which they got, they started his real heart, and everything was fine. But it was uh, one of those things where you could have a harness. Let's say you get past the whole rejection thing and damaging the blood vessels, uh, I mean the 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 uh, corpuscles and stuff like that. You could have a harness that actually provided all your breathing for you, or could provide all your. And this would be really important if you go to some of those heavy worlds we were talking about, an exoskeleton where your own heart isn't able to support and pump the blood that you need for your system you might be able to have an external additional pump in an exoskeleton of some kind that would be able to provide all the necessary things that you need as far as, you know, digestion, breathing, all those things. I've got a wonderful idea for you. Basically, it looks like a a, uh, one-pound can of coffee. You pour it on the person who's injured or wounded. It surrounds the person, basically, and keeps... Uh, is full life support until the person can be uh, repaired. And what what tech level are we talking about here, Richard? Oh, we're talking Termalern, uh 
uh, T prime technology. Okay, so we're we're back at, we're we're up to the magic stuff again, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but okay, but we're not there yet as far as our discussion. We're, right now, we're just talking about the farther future, not the far farthest future. Okay, so. Um, Actually, I like the I like the idea of cloned organs because you know if you, if someone has a defective heart valve, you could fix it in the clone organ, make sure it's not defective anymore, and then implant that organ. Right, because then it would there'd be no rejection issues. You could even clone entire bodies if you had the te- you know if you had the technology to support it. And and you know what, hey guys, just just I don't know if you thought about this, but like <clears throat> for the most part, cloning people, cloning people is not really like a the most awesome thing in the world because I mean we have a we have a perfectly great way of making new people and, and keeping any one person alive doesn't matter because if you clone them they're not going to take their memories or any any of their experiences or stuff with them it's just going to be a biological copy of that person however if you're talking about uh, cloning parts and keeping keeping alive a fringeworthy person now you're talking about an investment because they're one in a hundred thousand. So you want to keep a fringeworthy person alive uh, at all costs because they're 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 worth their weight in gold. Uh, now I don't know about cloning a fringeworthy person. I think we've talked about this before. I don't think that that they fall into the one in a hundred thousand again. I believe isn't that correct? That would make a that would make the person fringeworthy, but it would be able to provide biological support for the fringeworthy. Exactly, and, and and that kind of stuff would be worthwhile because I mean you're talking about a limited number of people, and if you've got a guy who's already trained, he's even that much more valuable. So this becomes a real issue for fringeworthy people. The thing is, Peter, what you you, know, you can you can transfer a person's memory over. All you gotta do is you take the clone, make sure he doesn't get very bright, so you're not killing a person. Uh, open his head up, take his brain out, core out his spinal cord, and then do then then basically remove you know the other person's brain and spinal cord, hope he doesn't die in the process, and put him in a new body. John, we, we may we may be getting into some eth- ethnical uh, um, ethical serious ethical uh, implications there and i'm not sure that those are things that i debt is willing to you have to include the spinal cord because if you don't include the spinal cord that person will not well actually will will not have a lot of his own muscle memory because there's a lot of things you do love autonomic autonomic nerve stuff happens in the spinal cord first I'm going to say that, that, and Rich, I'm speaking for you on this, but I, I'm going to say that that is outside of IDET's willingness to do, I would think. <laughs> See the movie, the older movie done in the 70s, The Reincarnation of Peter Proud, where they had farms for famous people and very rich people, where they had actually grew the clones and they were mindless. And you, 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 they walked up to the cage where this clone was wandering about aimlessly and was feeding it sugar cubes. Which was creepier than hell. With a more modern interpretation of that called The Island. Right. Well, in one of the Sliders episodes, they, uh, they, they, they thought that all the clones were mindless until uh, one of the characters proved that they could actually be educated to the point where they were self-aware and could be real people. And so that was... That was also part of, you know, that was the question. The ethical question is that if you can raise a body without 
uh, a brain and, and uh, only the base of a spinal cord, uh, would that be a, an ethical thing? Because from that standpoint, they're just tissue. They're your own tissue. So, you know, it's, it, you know, they, they, we're, we're struggling with that now in, in our society uh, because such things are becoming very possible. That, that falls into the category of, you know, it's not a question of whether we can do it, but whether we should do it. But from a technological standpoint, I don't think there's going to be any limitation to being able to do it. Now, this is something I don't know. Uh, are, are identical twins, do they share the same genetic patterns? Yes. Yes. That's why they're identical. The, the fingerprints also? No, because that is a morphological change. That's a change of development. They have the same genes, but as their bodies develop natally, there might be some slight differences. Just like, you know, because the cells that are around other cells inform those cells as to where they need to go and what they need to do, and slight you know, chemical changes can cause some differences. Sort of like cat colors. Yeah, cat. Yeah, cats. If you when you clone cats, you get different color patterns because that's really complex and it doesn't duplicate properly. It is a morphological uh, feature. Uh, I was just thinking that we do actually have a way to transfer transfer memories that doesn't require you know scooping out the brain because we do it all the time in French really with the portals. That means that technology exists someplace in Tamilian technology. Right. Well, that that basically gets into our our, our our last thing. Okay. So let's let's talk a little bit more about the farther future. I, I just I want to get to it. Thirty years ago, they were taking planaria that they were training to run mazes, and they ground up mm -hmm. their brains and fed them to other planaria, and the other planaria really fast picked up the mazes. That was the basis of Wendell and Niven's story. Uh, which one was it? The uh, it's it, it was the uh, not as known space world. It's actually in the other series he did, the corporate world or the Africa was called, where a guy woke up after being frozen, only to find out that he's in a different body because they well they grown you know, grown his brain up and fed it to the guy. As as far as John's saying, I've read stories where uh, a guy gets eaten by the female. Uh, in the process of reproduction, and she conserves his his brain and memories, and all of the babies are born with identical memories of the father. And you know, we actually haven't touched on the fact that everything you run into in the fringe paths, it's from Earth, and it's and it's going to be more or less from the same branch that came they made us. So everything's going to be based on DNA. Um, you have to go. It has to be a, a one of those divergences where it's different. A different different way of doing it because we're not dealing with alien DNA. We're just dealing with variations of of Earth DNA that occurs you know, out there. Unless, of course, the world is really different. Yeah, yeah. I can interject something on this. When the Tremelrin did the organization of the French Paths, they kept the most Earth-like and closest to them right at uh, Earth Earth Prime, basically. And if you go out twenty five thousand worlds or twenty five thousand and platforms, then things begin to radically change. So we get the we get the empty earths, and we get the earths where the critters run around sixteen legs and they have copper for blood. Right. Or or they're on high high temperature worlds and they have uh, sodium for uh, 
for blood. Yeah. So, okay, but also with this future science, this future medicine, you know, we're also going to have the possibility, instead of it being an exoskeleton, they're literally going to be able to make you better than you were before. They're going to be able to, in you know, uh, put, you know, replace, uh, 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 lace your bones with titanium or uh, do, you know, re uh, perhaps, you know, change, uh, add additional components to your bloodstream that'll give, make it more capable of carrying oxygen and more able to chelate poisons and other things so that you can become a, a a stronger, more powerful individual. Uh, even the possibility, we were talking about retroviruses, if they are able to at some point figure out where psychic powers that we know is, that's allowed in fringe where they exist in the brain, you might actually be able to, using retroviruses, go and change the genetic code of, of, of a, a developing uh, fetus and produce more psychic individuals. So this is something that would uh, that would be within the realm of the the uh, further future uh, uh, of the things that they could do. I think in story it's 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 inherited. So if you have a parent who's psychic, it's a good chance you'll be psychic. Right. And that's sort of in keeping keeping with the uh, with the original Fringeworthy, where the uh, in the FC, in the FC, in FPL and Bureau Thirteen, there's the possibility of drugs that boost your psychic ability that usually don't work very well. But in FTL, same thing. Yeah, right. But if you if you if this is something you're doing through scientific study, then it wouldn't be so happenstance. You might, you know, you actually would know what you were. Hopefully, you would know what you were doing when you're trying to do this. This would be a more mature technology. Well, we know there's a culture out there that does it because they found that 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 booze in that ship on the on the uh, junkyard pocket world, and it made, gave me them all psychic. Uh, when they drank it, and not, and not a whole lot too, just a few sips, and they're they're having a shared shared dream. Did that make everybody psychic, or did that just boost Milai's powers? Good question. The, the, no samples were kept; they were all destroyed, so we don't know. There's a lot of things that your body does inefficiently, and it may be that in the future they'll be able to make those things more efficient. Uh, we know that, for example, you only need about 20% of your liver in order to actually do its job uh, because once you get past that 20%, then your body just breaks down. That's uh, one reason why uh, certain kinds of uh, – what's the virus, the spinal – Meningitis. Meningitis, yeah. One form of meningitis attacks your liver, and you, you're you fine for like 20 years, and then all of a sudden your liver gets – damage to a certain point and then it just all falls apart because you can't sustain your body after that point. So, you know, there's probably some other parts of your body like your uh, pancreas and other things where things could be improved, where, you know, even uh, nerve conduction might be able to be improved by applying certain chemicals uh, or uh, treatments to your body. And you which could essentially create supermen and superwomen or super uh, lizards and super uh, uh, blizzness <laughs> or cheap well, health care. Yeah. Well, one thing you, uh, you have to do, you de almost definitely would have to lace your limbs of titanium if you increased your, say, muscle 
speed. You, you basically your your quick muscle reactions because you could literally have somebody fire off fire off those neurons and shatter his bones if you're not careful. Okay. Right. <laughs> you know because. Yeah, you don't just fix one thing usually when it comes to anything having to do with your musculature or skeletal system. See, now, I, I, I read a book um, on this. See, now, am, am I going to forget the name of the full thing? Yes, I am. All right. Sorry yep. about that. Uh, anyways, but, I mean, this uh, it, it was a, a, a space age kind of thing, you know, where space travel was common. And this guy was a secret agent. And he had this friend of his who had a lab. And he was they knew there was this alien threat that was hiding amongst everybody. So he said, we got to toughen you up. So he went in and he basically, you know, put a layer of uh, a fine metal mesh all around his his, bo- his skull and his bones, essentially doing the equivalent of Wolverine, um, and by using you know very you know microsurgery and orthoscopic type devices, he was able to give this guy all kinds of things. Like he had uh, like a, 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 a secret air supply in his lungs that he could that under certain conditions would trip and automatically provide it with extra oxygen uh, and. And, and other things like that. So he was able to cyborg this guy up w- without it seeming like impossibly super science. It seemed more you know, probable that it could be done with some advanced techniques and, and cutting edge type stuff. Copper coat all the nerves. That'll get your speed. Because right now, your typical nerve message takes about 300 miles an hour to travel down the nerve. If you could sheathed all the nerves in copper zoom <laughs> much faster copper is poisonous <laughs> or or perhaps just replace some of the long nerves you know with with artificial nerves so that you know the 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 ones that go all the way from the bottom of your foot all the way up to the base of your spine if you were to replace that with something that conducted like five times as fast then yeah you know though it's you know we talk about that kind of stuff and science fiction and stuff and it's all cool and and sounds great but there's reasons why things fire at the speeds they fire and 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 your body is in a certain balance for a reason i mean if you speed that up what kind of impacts that can have down the line because you've got entire body systems that work um (laughs) they work based on on the speed at which they work so, you know, messing with that kind of stuff could be a lot more tricky. Now, I mean, I don't care if it's a role-playing game. You're saying, oh, yeah, they give you a bonus to, to this or that. Because, I mean, that, that's something we haven't talked about a lot is the rules for all this kind of stuff. You know, we've been talking about very conceptual stuff, but we haven't actually tied it down to any any rules. It's like, what does that mean for my character? I'm like, what do I write on my character sheet for this stuff? Um, so if you want to kind of hand wave a little bit, I, and I'm totally fine with that because we do it all the time. Rules wise, a lot of this stuff, I hate to say this, comes down to, oh, I get a bonus on my roll. Yeah. And and that's fine. I mean, unless you want to make it tactical, okay? Because for as an example, okay, I went and um I created a character, an NPC, and um the uh, I wanted the character to be like really, really fast, like cheetah movement. Um, and with, was still looking like a normal person. Uh, and I said that the person was a, was a cyborg. Uh, but there wasn't any rules in Savage Worlds for kind of doing that. So what I did was I gave them a superpower. And the superpower was 
you know, time dilation or whatever it was. And so essentially when it activates, this character could do like three, three things where they can only do one thing before. And that was to, it was basically to represent this sudden speed up that they would be able to do. Um, and that's how I, I did it in Savage Worlds. Now, uh, other, you know, other games, you might want to bring out a whole big thing of superpowers and stuff. Uh, and you could keep it low grade because uh, in a lot of, of games, they have street level superheroes. We're, we're not talking people with ungodly or godly, I should say, godly like powers, but people who just have a certain amount of enhancement. And there's they have really good rules for that and uh, on some of those systems. So I, if this is something that you really want to start enhancing people, then you might just do that. Or just simply say, hey, it's like a piece of equipment, except it's in your body. And treated it like a perk or even a piece of equipment. One thing I would do if I actually wanted a person to run fast and didn't care what, what you know to hide it, uh, I would actually wouldn't put in uh, nerve endings, uh, fast nervings. I actually would redesign the foot. I would make it give him a digigrade foot with the tendon wrapped around like the, like the kangaroos, so that it stores power. So that you get more of it, like you so get more. You, you've seen them though; those kangaroo boots. Uh, actually, this character has 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 exactly that. She has artificial legs. They're basically they are like springs. Yeah. So yeah, you you have this digigrade foot, and these people can run like the Dickens. Right. But in order to represent it in the system, I had to give her a superpower to in order to represent it. Well, just talking about running at this point. So at that point, it'd just be a, you have a you, your pace would go up, say like by two. Your normal pace would go up by two points, and you get a D ten for running instead of a D six. You know, so you run really fast. Right. So here we are in the late campaign. All right, where you know we've learned about the fringe pads. We learned what it can do. We, we were buddy with the Tamelern. The Tamelern have done whatever they were doing. It's basically you know the sky's the limit. We're talking now essentially magic, techno magic, or magic or psionics. Um, and the reason I we wanted to put these things together is because they're so advanced. We really don't know how they're doing it. And so we kind of have to call them magic because it's it's almost as if you're creating an object that has sentience, prescience. You know, you've got the Fringe Travel BioBoost, all right? We don't know what they're doing. When, I mean, Richard says it happens. I mean, that you go through the portal, you get more able to resist disease, you're more able to resist poisons, you get younger or you don't age. Uh, there's a lot of good things that happen, and it always reminds me of the of of the Jeff Goldblum uh, version of the fly, you know, where he thought this thing is 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 purifying me. That's what it's doing. That's why I feel so good. Is it, every time I go through, it purifies me and gets rid of all the bad stuff, and that's why I'm now have the ability to punch through walls and stuff. It also means all oh, the French really hate hate it too because it means that they every they have to give blood samples every time they come back because they're always comparing to see what's changed. Why? Why would they do that? They want to see what's happening. They're 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 living longer. They're they're resisting diseases. They're regrowing. They're regrowing scars. The scars are going away. They're getting they're getting healthier. They're even regrowing. Their diabetics are being being cured of diabetes. Right. They're so, regrowing limbs very slowly. Yeah. So the bio boost 
we don't really know what it's doing, but it's doing something. Okay, so it kind of falls that that's why I say it falls in that category of magic. Now, if you were able to understand what the fringe portal was doing and possibly even program a planetary portal to start do not transfer people onto the fringe pass, but just do that bio boosting on whoever goes through it, whether they're fringe worthy or not, you would have in essence you know, a, 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 a tremendous boon to any any population that would be near that portal. Yep. Sell tickets. Yes. Come, come to the amazing, you know, uh, it, it's a magical place. Because it's like a warp, for example. If you're not fringe with it, you can't even see it. Okay? But you walk through the portal. I mean, you walk through the area where the warp is. If you could, if you could do this, then all of a sudden they, the person gets better. And just a little bit, and they don't even realize it. But then, you know, all of a sudden, their, you know, their erectile dysfunctions, you know, is no longer there, or you know, their diabetes gets better, and their blood pressure goes down. Their hair starts growing back. Their hair starts growing back. Okay. I'm in. So, yeah, if you could harness that kind of of stuff that's already available in the fringe system, then a doctor would find himself spending less time dealing with uh, uh, surgeries and more toward uh, doing long-term uh, betterment of communities. So, Likewise, psychic healing, right? Because you just put your hand out and you concentrate real hard and they get better, right? Well, actually, in the I decided when I did it in the Savage Worlds, it's it's more like the empath from the TV from the uh, Star Trek series of the same name. The psychic puts his hands on the person, and they basically take on the wounds. I don't understand. It's empathic that. healing. Yeah. No, they don't. They won't die. But then the wound just heals itself and goes away. So because it's because because they're not really they're not really taking on the wounds. They're taking on the appearance of the wounds, and then it gets it's being. Transferred off into the morphic field that surrounds surrounds everyone in the in in the in the in on Earth every place, and it gets shunted away. But they will for a while suffer the, suffer the problems. You know, if the person's got a broken leg, they have a broken leg until until everything gets better. And it, and, they, and they and they are restricted to the golden hour. If they don't do it within the golden hour. It's 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 like any other kind of surgery or, or medical treatment, won't do you much good. Right, but my point is that in most of these cases, the person who's doing it doesn't even have to have basic medical knowledge. They just simply do it, and it happens, and that's what makes it magical. Yep. Oh yeah, I agree with that. Okay. Now, I mean, you could, if you wanted to, make it detailed and say, you know, you, you create a telekinetic knife and you go in and you actually have to have the surgical knowledge in order to do this, in which case it then becomes a bonus to your success. Okay, but most of the time when people talk about psychic healing, it's this, you know, loosey-goosey, uh, you know, I, you know I, I really care that you get better. Please get better. And you do. <laughs> By the power of my mind! Yeah, and the same thing with magic, okay? Like the cat, you know, casting magic, you mm -hmm. know. Well, the something I know is, at least in a lot of games, healing and usually is reg regulated to the religious side. You know, that, that a lot like D and D, uh, magic users couldn't heal; only clerics could. And I'm thinking, you know, 
if you did have magic healing, would it be temporary? Most spells have durations. Would this be just another spell you're casting on somebody, and will it last for an hour? So you're healed with a grievous body wound and from your intestines hanging out. You'll be fine unless you get to a cleric in an hour. Uh, then you'll die at that point if you don't. You know, it would be like a temporary patch. Or even kind of creepier, it could be like necromancy, where the you, what you've done is you've killed that part of their body and reanimated it with unnatural energy. So you're essentially your park Frankenstein monster now. Brains. Yeah. Well, no, it's just, but so, so you got this hand, you know, and and it's, it's it's it works perfectly fine, but it doesn't like you know you cut it, it doesn't bleed because it doesn't require blood anymore because it's just unnaturally animated, and it's room temperature. Yes, if it's still connected to the nerves and the and the blood vessels, blood is probably still going through your hand. It, it just doesn't serve any purpose anymore. It's like going through fatty tissue now. I just remembered that one scene from the from the movie Terminator where, where Schwarzenegger is busy, well, fixing his face. Or his arm. He was like digging around in his arm with a pair of pliers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the movie, it made a lot more sense when he found out he was really just an endoskeleton with some kind of a tissue matrix on top of it. None of his big muscles really were muscles. You know, they were just stuff that was supposed to look like human flesh facade yeah 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 it actually was human flesh because you had to get past dogs right right but the point still is is that it didn't actually have to be muscle it could just be fibrous um you know uh cells you know yeah, that, skin skin and fat that's yeah, all you need that's right it didn't have to actually be muscle in there just something that had the texture of muscle so okay and then of course we as you you're mentioning we've got the godly miracles you know says so you know oh you know you know great cthulhu you know <laughs> heal this person and that person gets better because on that one world they have that 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 godlike being that uh, you know that that can heal or whatever they all they you know it's it's on a near alternate to Earth Prime, so uh, I am. Yeah, I and mean, we also mentioned mentioned a lot of the the medicine that was wrong, like the balancing of the four humors. There's a place where the four where you have to balance the four humors and do a bunch of all the stuff we you know know is wrong, but there it works, and regular medicine doesn't work. But that would actually still be kind of science. That would still be medicine because there would be a logic to it. There would be a certain thing you'd have to do in order to make it work, and it would work. And if you did it wrong, you'd you'd expect to have certain things happen. Okay, you know, it's. Um, I mean, it's it's not like magic where if you do it wrong, the person turns into a toad. Not not today. They don't die. No, we turn into a toad. Oh, okay, yeah. It could also be a problem that the only way you get healed by the by the cleric is if you convert. Oh yeah, well that that actually that's that that was sort of conditional to it. This whole D and D thing where you just give them money and they heal you. I never liked that. I always thought that was really a bad idea. That, that at the very least you needed to get down on your knees and thank the deity for healing you. <laughs> Melody always had that problem with her players. No, no matter what religion they were, they just kind of ignored it. And use the powers and just so yeah. just pass it away. 
Right, so that's all that kind of magic stuff. But then we run into the Clarkian magic, okay, which is the science that's so advanced, and this, and this is to Mellorn science. It's so advanced that it's like magic, but it's supposed to be science. So we have to try to create some kind of a pseudo logic, a techno babble that actually makes sense as to how it's doing what it's doing. So, for example, the dock box. Okay, we know that it does a scan of a person, and it's not, and it doesn't say it's limited to human beings. I mean, any varied human, Blizzniz, Skechni, you know, well, you know, whatever it might be, you know, you know, slime, puddle of slime, and it supposedly is going to be able to figure out what needs to be done, and then give you step-by-step -step instructions on how to make them better. Sort of Bixby's Little Black Bag, uh, which was a Night Gallery episode. It came from a story where basically the guy had these tools that would heal people, you know, until they turned turn the tools off. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was another Night Gallery episode, right, right, yeah. What it does is not so amazing, except for the fact that it does it so amazingly well. Okay, so it's not like an extension that lets you like reach inside a body and 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 do and, and act inside the body. You could say that's through some strange dimensional physics. Okay, but the fact that it seems to be able to have almost godlike understanding of a creature that, as far as you know, the box has never been near before. So what you know? So I was saying, how does it get its information? Okay, and we've kind of already made a suggestion for that in the past, especially because in the new edition we gave people that gifted knowledge, that gifted um, language. Language. Yeah, the, we we have suggested that the fringe system itself is constantly harvesting information from the worlds it's connected to, and then I absolutely agree with you on that, Bruce. That's so exactly this what it's doing. galaxy-sized. AI database that can feed this information to the doc box so that it literally can just say, oh yeah, I've got like a like 150,000 different variants on that person. Yeah, that's what that is. Okay, now this is, I know everything about how its body is put together. I know everything about the, the medical science on those worlds that, that well, where do they treat them? Here's what you need to do to fix them. That's one way of going with it, because I, I don't know. It, it may not be the best suggestion. Uh, it's uh, is does someone have another suggestion on how that could happen? How does the doc box understand how to fix people? I I go with that. Yep. Now, one thing I would say there's there's two versions. I would say there's two versions of the doc box. There's the one we have in in the game, which is a nice little, very techno looking, and then there's the bio version. Which is, is someone would describe as nightmare fuel because it has tentacles and eyeballs and it will talk to you as you work on it, as it works on you. Yeah, there's a version three. And lives in a cam, yeah. There's the, it just looks at you like an MRI does. You are nothing but a collection of, of atomic elements. So it simply reads you down to the subatomic level, sees how you're assembled takes a portion from somewhere else that's correctly assembled and replicates it. Paul, one of the things that I thought was is that if it can actually go and figure and see your genetic code and it understands 
how things develop from an egg all the way into an individual, then form follows, you know, function and so forth. You should be able to deduce uh, exactly how every single part of the body operates, right? I was just thinking it doesn't even need to do that. It just looks at it just looks at a segment that's damaged. It looks to the left and right, sees how it's how it's built there, removes the damage portion and refills in the space with correctly assembled starting at ions and and uh, atoms and builds it. But how does it know how it was how it was supposed to be? It's looking at the at the undamaged tissue on the left and right. Simply, it's just simply mechanically building it from atoms. So you're deducing it. You're deducing its function and its structure. The trouble is, Paul, I lost my finger, and the only finger next to it is my thumb and my middle finger. If it replicates either one of those, it's going to be wrong. Take it from the other hand. They'll be backwards. It's just a mirror copy. Just flips it. Uh, yeah. The system should be smart enough to fix that kind of problem. Yeah, but I, I, I can imagine it would should be able to. Uh... So, 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 John, John, um, as as I understand how uh, limbs and digits work, uh, it's actually like a it's it's a it's like a a limb slash digit bud, uh, which is a stem cell type of thing. So, as long as it puts the right bud in the right place on your hand you'll get the right digit that grows from it that again we're back to the we're back to the putting the stem cell to the the cells that are around it and it does what it needs to do yeah that that would be more logical than, than just replicating because then you just simply force the cells to regrow or just duplicate cells until you build the structure based on the plan that's there because there's a plan there to tell you how to rebuild See, that was one of the things that I always thought was strange was the whole limb regeneration pack thing is that, you know, it, it seems like if all you needed to do was just put a, 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 a little bit of, you know, specialized cells that are developing because, you know, once the, the if you're replacing an arm, I mean, it's growing out from something, okay? And then once it starts, it's just going to keep growing and growing and growing and producing fingers and nerves and all those other things until it finally finishes developing so i didn't ever quite understand why we needed a whole limb pack that would be that would be on it and keep growing with it when all you really need was something to start it with and then from that point it would just grow naturally on its own richard um earlier technology I mean, it could also, the pet could actually, you know, you're going to grow back an arm. So it produces, it extrudes out to the roughly the right size, only larger. And then inside it grows the, the bones first and then it starts growing the flesh on top of that. It, it basically does it holistic. Building in the scaffolding. Yeah. So it's going, doing the whole nine yards. So yeah, it, it takes D10 weeks, which means you can, you can it's D10 weeks. So it says it can take a week to grow back a missing arm, or can take ten weeks. And I don't know why there's that there's a great range there, Richard. Why is it D ten weeks, not just a week or ten weeks? Um, gets the player back in the game faster. Or it it may be maybe the size of the limb. You know, I mean, you get somebody who's who's got a limb that's only needs like. A foot is different than someone who needs like three to four feet of leg. And maybe if it's a leg, you know, it's 
it's going to take more tissue, more structure, because it's, it's going to be supporting the way the entire body versus uh, a, a floppy VESH limb that uh, is just connective tissue and uh, nerves. Yeah, and have fun with the, the mixy leg. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, well, um, okay, so uh, so that that's why I said is it, I mean, it doesn't really say that it can treat anybody. We've always kind of assumed that it can. Are there actually any limitations, Richard, to uh, the biology that the uh, doc box can treat? Um, if, if it's out there and it's been scanned by the system, then everything will work fine. What or something very, very close. You mean it can fix a Horda? It can it can fix a horda. Oh, yeah, from Star Trek. Um, I would think something like that. Sure, why not? It's something that was half stone. Yeah. Okay. All right. I just, I just wondered. Okay. Now, I, I, when you grow a tree, it is what is it's almost entirely carbon out of the air. All right, so uh, now the next thing I listed was how does it resuscitate because you mentioned that, John. It doesn't say in the actual description that you could use it to resuscitate. Well, I thought, I thought you said it would resuscitate. I, somewhere along, I think we all had this assumption that the thing can do resuscitation. Oh, uh, incursion, you know, the, the, all the, the, the dock boxes, the, the, the med chambers in there could do resuscitation, even bringing somebody back who'd been dead up to a week. But this, it doesn't say that in the description of the dog box. I mean, obviously, I think it would be helpful to resuscitate somebody. But I, I don't see anything where it says that any, you know, it, it gives a, uh, a bonus on, on that, you know, because I, because I, I was asking questions like, well, if you're bringing somebody back from the dead, okay, how, you know, how can you, how are you completely restoring them? So we can kind of ignore that question, uh, but. Looking, talking about magical abilities, if you were in fact to resuscitate somebody who was dead, okay, how would you know? How would you go about it, John? Well, the big thing is, uh, from from research, uh, yes, you 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 you're brain dead at five minutes without air, uh, but your brain doesn't start breaking down until like about. 10, 15 minutes. So there's a little golden area there where you might be able to bring someone back. But once you start getting brain damage, I don't know if you really want to bring them back or not at that point because you're going to have to rebuild their brain. Uh, and that's going to be interesting because all those connections are really delicate. And uh, will you be giving that person false memories when you, when you try rebuilding it? Because there's, no, there's no, nothing to tell you what the connections were when they, after they break down. That's one of the problems. There, there is there again talking about the fringe system. There is one way that this could happen, and that is that if when you go through the portal, and it does all that stuff where it's you know it's cleaning you out, it's doing those other things. If it actually scans you sufficiently, and if it actually does you know since we know it could give you memories, in other words, the ability to to speak another language, it's possible that it's also taking a copy of your brain just in case you should accidentally die going through the portal. It's a tra it's a transfer solution. Okay. 
Yeah. I mean, if you you think about the um the the mind transfer function of the portal, it has to be able to scan your brain. I mean, your body is in some kind of stasis during that period of time. It's 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 in the portal somewhere, and your mind is now in a, in somebody's brain out on the world somewhere. Yeah, you either you either you're doing a tell you're teleoperating the person, or they've imposed your your thoughts and knowledge on their brain and re rewritten the brain, one or the other. So it it should actually be possible that you could take a body, for example, and walk it back through the portal, and and when you bring it out the other side, it could be that person, a la the last time they went through when they were healthy. Or what you do is you freeze the body as fast as you can and get it back through the portal and then work on. So I'm saying is that if, we, if you wanted to, in, to add this to your game, you could actually use the portal as a resurrection device. So, so the question is, how much? He, he was bitten in half by a T-Rex and the other half we're not getting back. The, the upper half or the lower half? Well, no, we, he's got a brain, so we got the upper half. <sighs> All right. Uh, that would probably have to go into a major medical facility that's very, very, very high-tech to rebuild him. Yeah. But with a dock box, keep him alive. Uh, it might preserve his brain, but, uh, or, or basically freeze his brain or, or put, put his brain in stasis. Well, I mean, as long as his upper body is is mostly intact, I mean, where his heart is, I mean, you could you could you know seal off the blood vessels and things like that, and just keep things going. I mean, you're not going to need to eat for a while. I've got to pee. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> you're never going to have to pee. <laughs> that's the problem. But like I said, that's but putting up. Putting that kind of a biological support harness was what I was talking about back in the farther future, where you essentially have the equivalent of of uh, Darth Vader's support suit. I have no issue with that. Yeah, I mean we're not even talking about the magical dock box and some of the stuff it can do. So, and which finally which brings us to our final thing, which is literally the nanites. Nanites, which used to be called, by the way, micro-machines before they coined the word nanotechnology. Uh, and th these are just simply machines that can be made so tiny that they can go inside the body and do whatever you want them to do. Or, or outside the body. I've got a real good piece on this. There was a book done some years ago, and for the life of me, I can't think of what the title was. But everybody carried these, and when you were cut or damaged or hurt, they would regrow the tissue. Everything but complete and utter brain destruction, they would regrow. You might be a lot, like half the size, you know, the size of a child, but eventually with enough protein and material, you would grow again back into the person you used to be. They would literally hold everything that you are with the exception of the, the, the brain. The uh, or the the you know damage to the brain could be fixed, but the person wouldn't be quite the same. And these people were alive for thousands of years, caught on an alien starship. But I, I'll, I'll point another one at you. Then uh, it's actually a comic book series by Adam Warren, uh, based on the Dirty Pair, called Sim Hell. 
and one of the characters had nanites in the system, rebuilding and fixing them. Trouble is, nanites get hot. That's their weak point. They get hot, and if you hit the person hard enough, you will burn him alive as the nanites try to fix him. <laughs> you know, you do enough damage, they overheat, and they start cooking the person they're trying to fix. And of course, since he's cooking, he's being damaged, they got to fix that damage, they create more heat, it gets in an awful nasty cycle. John, that's not necessarily true. The reason that they think that nanites would get hot is because they're thinking of uh, memory cells as in like computer memory cells operating the same way that our current ones do. Our current ones, they have to be refreshed on a regular basis. That requires power. Power produces heat. But if in fact you had memory cells that only got updated when they needed to get updated, then the power requirements would be immensely less, and this might not be a problem. But it makes an interesting story, sure. Don't forget the newest the newest drives that are coming out, the solid-state drives, don't heat the same way. Nope. They work differently. But, you know, but nanite, nanites, but nanomachines, nanites, we want to call them, they're, they're basically, in most hard science, they'd be, you know, well, they're magic. They're fairy dust. Literal, literally fairy dust. <laughs> in the uh, the book that Richard sent me, uh, the, the um, uh, Unincorporated Man, uh, he, here's a guy that was essentially rebuilt from the inside out. He was frozen. And they put a scalp, the nanites put a scaffolding through his body and rebuilt all his cells and made him younger. He's now a young man. And he has the same memories. Everything is fine. Uh, is, and, and, but they also can be used to utterly destroy people, which also happens in the same thing, where um, literally people were dissolved by nanites. So, you know, it's, it's what, however you decide to use them. The, the biggest thing, that, and we mentioned this about super science and nanites before, is that you have to have some means of transporting the nanites to wherever you want them to be. Because the distance we're talking about for these tiny, tiny machines, it's like, you know, when they, when they move, you know, 100 times their length, it's, it's a distance that's imperceptible to us. But it's like us, you know, going a couple miles. So when you talk about some, a nanite going and moving across the room of a, of a normal house, that's equivalent to us going to the other side of the solar system. So there has to be some method of propulsion involved for these nanites in order for them to work the way that they're listed inside of novels. Or you carry them. Right. Well, I'm saying some transport. You yourself carry them or they're in your blood and you use the natural transport mechanisms. Uh, there is one other way of doing it, and that's what's referred to as the utility fog. And the utility fog is an interesting idea because what we have are um, small micro machines that have ex uh, extendable parts. They basically go out and they go in. And you link them all together like Tinker Toys. And what happens is, is if they all stretch at the same time, now you've got a million nanites stretching a small distance, but you add that all up and you get a major motion. So uh, uh, if they're connected together, then they can actually operate mi macroscopically versus microscopically. And you can get really cool things like the, the appearance of telekinesis when in fact is it's actually these, these nanites all linked together in a matrix 
applying force to an object and moving it around but you looking at it see nothing but empty air because your eyes don't have the ability to resolve the the, the fine uh, lattice that is these micro machines okay so are there any other types of of uh super science that we want to talk about under a medical thing what about a a, a, a to Mellorin create an animal that literally, as we talked about before, ingests you and uses its own bodily regeneration properties to fix you and then slide you out, at, you know, after basically returning to the womb kind of a concept and then, you know, decanting you out when you're healthy. Is that the sort, sort of, of like thing? a tree? One form, sure. But there's lots of other things like, uh, like Totoro. <laughs> you know, the happiness yeah. plot. Oh, yeah, but it, it doesn't mess with your mind much. I think they would be relying more on technology. Don't forget, there were different, there were two major groups of Tremelorin, and one was probably doing biotech and super science, and the other group was more like us. What, what about the, the idea of using um, other animals as direct replacements for body parts? For example, um, okay, okay. But I mean, like, for example, an insect that's, that's actually its body is a really good pump. And, it, and it, you basically, you just, you just dig a hole, take the person's heart out, you know, stick it in, and the thing just goes and grabs all, its, all, the, uh, uh, all the arteries and veins and hooks it up to itself and just starts. A vesh heart. We had a, we had a surgery in the Santa Barbara where somebody got a new heart, but it wasn't a human heart. It was a vesh heart. Okay. Yeah. So you'd actually become a collection of yourself and a number of other animals that were living. Uh, uh, a chimera, a chimera. Okay, but they, they essentially they, it would it wouldn't be a parasitism. It would actually be a symbiosis. No, that's what I meant by, by chimera. You're actually multiple multiple uh, creatures all in one package. You none of like the like the goat the spider goats. They're basically chimeras because they have, they can produce spider silk. Being a medical person, being a doctor in on the fringe paths, it sounds like you know, you'd be more veterinarian than you would be a medical doctor. But the longer you're on the fringe paths, probably the better you're going to be able to do your job because as you go to all these different worlds with all these uh, latent technologies that are left over from the Tamellern, or even coming from the Tamellern themselves. As you learn more about how the fringe paths work, you might even be able to harness the fringe paths itself to be your right-hand man as far as uh, doing really important and effective medical care on the fringe paths. But no matter where you go, you're going to have to make sure that whatever you do is good for the community that you're there for. Sometimes it'll be just basic education on how to, you know, live uh, safely, uh, prepare food, uh, understand uh, germ theory and stuff like that. Sometimes it's going to be teaching people that the the way that they they do things is not a, it, there's a safer way of doing things and reaping the benefits of thousands of years of civilization to trial and error. Uh, it might even be uh, uh, in, uh, introducing new materials that might make uh, people healthier, safer, uh, and able to live longer. But 
no matter what happens, there's a there's going to be a huge challenge when you go this. You're going to be challenged sociologically. There's going to be a challenge religiously, and there's going to be a challenge of time and resources because unless you run into something that grows the that, that drops drop boxes out like you know pears drop from trees, uh, you're never going to have enough. For the, all the sick people out there so you're always going to have to make those hard decisions that all medical doctors have to make so hopefully you'll find uh, this is a you'll find some good use for stuff to use in your fringe really campaign or space or post-apocalyptic campaign we hope you do and we'll have more for you next week but until then this is bruce sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Blix. Don't hate the game, hate the players. This is Richard Tahoka. Wait till you see what's coming next. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at TriTech Games. And if you don't, we'll be having your sorry butts, because we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav of the Travcast, Hour 3 of Blind Wolf's Rubber Room Association on DementiaRadio.org, Tuesdays, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern.